0: Buongiorno. Well, as you can tell, I'm still learning Italian. It's going surprisingly well. But listen, this podcast is not about languages. It's about creating people-focused organizations. And what I normally do is when I connect with a guest on Zoom, we had a have a sound check, a bit of a pre-show chit chat, and I rarely record those. But this time was different. I did record it, and I'm so so glad I did because I've invited Ellen to to talk about her equation of right culture plus engagement uh, equals revenue. Ellen works for Visibacare, which is leading a digital revolution across the healthcare sector in Europe, because they believe that digitization is vital to ensuring that we preserve the quality of our healthcare systems in the face of changing demographics. We have taken a little while to arrive at what we are meant to be talking about in our interview for the, the main reason for our interview mostly because we've gone off on a couple of tangents on a couple of runs, are in regards to the systems processes frameworks that we use to build our organizations which as you've heard me before I believe they are very much outdated we also talked about societal pressure and all of that how we build our organizations what leaders do and don't do about remote working, how some organizations want people to go back to the offices full-time rather than opting for, at the very least, a hybrid approach, and many, many other things. It was a very enjoyable conversation. We also got a good look at Visa Care and what it means to have the right culture, drive engagement, where that engagement needs to come from, and the importance of that it's linked to the revenue for the organization and key takeaway here to get engagement you need to have it both from your employees as well as from the people above you so the ceo and the c-suite to really back you for this to be a success i hope you enjoy this episode as much as i and Ellen have enjoyed recording it for you Mm -hmm. We Got This showcases individuals and organizations that create people-focused workplace cultures to help it become the norm rather than the exception. It's something that will require a mindset shift and probably not something that any of us can do alone. But together, together, we got this. I've just pressed record because I've got a feeling, as I said, there's going to be quite yeah. a few runs before we get into the topic of what we want to talk about. So <laughs> I'll it would be so you absolutely right. It, it, it's one of the things that I, I've i been talking about for, for a long while that the way we structure our businesses, the way we do things, is just so backwards. And we yeah. are clinging on to that sense of control of people, what they do, when they work, how they work. So we need to move from assessing people or paying people basically by the hour because even if you're on a salary and you get the same amount of money every single month you are still paying people by the hour because you're expecting them to do 35 40 hours or whatever however many hours it is in 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 the market where you are per week and that is the case we need to move to results
1: that is so interesting because even though like we are not as you said we're not working in factories anymore which also means that we're working with more complex work like most of us have a complexity of the things we do so then you can't do just by the hour you can't do the like your your dedicated work task for 40 hours a week because you need to think your brain needs space to absorb to analyze to think you need to be able to take a lunch run or maybe just a run take a longer lunch so you actually have time for a run so you can process everything that's going around because if you go just from meeting to meeting to meeting you will never ever have time to go and create great ideas
0: no chance absolutely absolutely right absolutely right you have to have that mental space i don't know how many how whether it happens to you whether it happens to other people i'm pretty sure it does for me one of the best times the the best ideas i get is when i'm disconnect when i'm going for a walk when i'm, when I'm walking somewhere yeah. mostly because then i'm not glued to my phone i'm not on my laptop or whatever i've got that space my brain is not being bombarded with input sources and yeah. that's the that's the kind of the bit the biggest thing and the the issue with the, the timings right you said to it yourself it's creative work that we do at the moment and and we have been for a long while whilst everything else is set up across sorry to resemble how we used to be in factories even the process of uh, dealing with stuff at work you used yeah. to be able to come into the factory put in the shift and be done with it and go home. And it didn't matter yeah. whether you were upset, whether you were anxious, whether you you had problems at home, whether you hated your boss, whatever. Sorry, it, it did didn't matter. It did matter, but you could still perform your job to a decent level because it was mostly physical work.
1: Yeah, and, and you now did exactly it's more... the same movement all over, same movement every day, every minute. Exactly. So it's a different like yeah. capability for your brain.
0: Yeah, and now, and now we need to do mental work. It's mental labor. It's yeah. psychological labor. It's emotional labor that we need to put it. And problem for that, you need solving. space. Exactly. exactly. Yeah. Problem solving as well.
1: Yeah, and the IT is growing more and more. And like a developer, the, their job is to solve problems. Come on, you can't solve a problem. You can't even solve your personal problem without analyzing and thing. How can you solve a problem that is not into your like personal life? It's someone else's problem and you're hired to solve it you need space for for everything to analyze to think
0: there's a there's a a great book and i've mentioned it a couple of times in this podcast it's called oh christ escapes me now um Producing great ideas, or something like that. It's it's a tiny, qu- it's a quick read. It's I don't know, thirty minutes, forty minutes, and it's, it's six or seven principles of how to create great ideas. And I'm not going to get into the, the whole process, but the it's 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 broken down to the elements of uh, brainstorming and kind of analyzing everything. And that's yeah. a very crucial part at the start. But the most important thing, and it's related to what we're talking about, is the element that at one point, when you've done all your basic analysis on your data crunching and everything else, you've got all the information, and had creative ideas or brainstorm or whatever, you then need to let it go. Literally just let it go and leave change, do something completely unrelated, go and do something completely different that engages a different part of your brain. Yeah. Maybe do something, it just simply so that your brain has the chance to, to work. And It also mentions the fact that one of the the, the times where people get their best ideas is in the shower because they are preoccupied doing something else. They're not thinking and it just hits them. And I kind of go, yes, that's true. It makes perfect sense because again, uh, that book was written probably... Don't quote me on that, but this goes at least 30, 40, if not 50 years. So it's not really? a recent book. If you then think about the world that we live in now versus when it was potentially written, the input sources it, we're con we're connected, which is a yeah. blessing and a curse. We constantly get feeds in of information, all sorts of it. And that's why brains are overloaded, doesn't have they don't have the capacity to do its work, to kind of just process stuff, analyze, commit stuff from short-term or move stuff from short-term to long-term memory. That For that, you need sleep, first of all. And if sleep's impacted, that impacts the creativity. Listen, I could go on for about, about for, Yeah, for, but for I hours. think it's very
1: interesting, especially if you're working as, as the topic we're going to talk more about, uh, if you're talking about engagement. And if you have an engaged team, they will not only work, 40 hours if they have an idea during the night or an evening or they see an article they engage people they will read it and for that sake it's even more important for an employer to take responsibilities to get the space the mentality to reload to think to analyze all those things is for the employer to take responsibility of especially if you have engaged people Mm
0: -hmm.
1: that's just a so key point I would say
0: I was actually talking to a friend of mine last last week, the week before. She's a graphic designer, freelancer. She works with organizations and she was approached to by a company that she used to work for, uh, with before to join a new project, to do a bit of work for them. And she had to quote them. And we had a int- very interesting discussion, actually, which is related to what you just said, is she's not only doing hours of work designing stuff she's looking for inspiration she's researching stuff so obviously that's part of it so that she can quote because roughly she will know how much time she'll spend on that but is that is that mental creative process that happens in between when Mm. she sleeps when she does this when she does that So how do you quote for that and you need to quote for that she needs and she, she found it a little bit difficult and it's the same thing as you just said that our employees are working 24 7 they no longer come in and come out and job done, strict boundaries. No, the process, the thought processes come, ideas come outside of working hours. So why should people be only paid basically per hour or per week or per month? That's, again, yet another reason, argument for doing work and letting people do work based on, judge their work, I guess is the work based on results, not on time.
1: Yeah. I can, I can really get that. And still we are stuck in a structure that is created for another time. So it's very hard to break free from, from that and to, to change that to something else. You can also discuss why are we working five days a week and why are we free on Saturdays and Sundays? Sundays probably because many people wanted to go to church. I don't know for everybody that's listening about their countries, but it's not that many in Sweden where I'm from that people go to physical church absolutely not in a pandemic but not at all in sweden but so why are the work-life structure that we're going to work five days a week be free on those two days if my life would be structured differently shouldn't i be able to work in different times or should i for example be able to create the same result on four days because i did get an extra day rest and the possibility to think but but that's still like it doesn't really work because we struck we are stuck in a structure that is not created for our time and we have a few examples in sweden where they have tried to either shorten the day or have four days or like four four weeks or four days working days a week but it's also hard how should they like how should they be Profitable, or how your you argue about the profit? Shouldn't the salary be lower then? But then you go against everything again. Because but we are stuck in a structure.
0: We, we, but the thing is, we just need organizations to to give it a go and try it. Because we continue talking. Many organizations, many countries are talking about it: the four-hour, four-day week, or five-day week. How many hours per day, or whatever. Again, move to results-based assessment and and ways of working. And part of these problems will disappear because then people will decide how they want to work, when they want to work, and it will sooner or later level level out in terms of how they need to be paid for that as well, because the companies will have benefits of this. That's the other thing that I don't think is being considered. The pandemic will give us a very good example. So there is huge benefit in organisations not making their employees to go back to the office at at least full time. So hybrid at the at the minimum, because they yeah. their their bills will be much lower. They will. I know of organisations, multiple organisations who have given yeah. given up entire floors of office space saving yeah. tens of thousands of pounds a year i'm sorry but if if that's the case give it to your employees paying the ball or if you if you're worried okay make, make sure they're four days working four days a week may pay the same salary, but at least you're saving the money on, on the cost if, if the organization feels hard done by, by the situation. So I, I'm trying to recall, not recall, but I, I was talking to Luke Kites the other day or the other week. He was on the on this podcast. He's from a company called Redico in the UK, and they've gone through this cultural revolution a few years ago and where they, where they got rid of every, every possible structure. So they're very relatively flat, self-managing. Everybody approves their own holidays, targets, and things like that fascinating listen fascinating listen to the point that we had normally these episodes of our 45 minutes that one was an hour and a half so it was actually two episodes and the one thing that Luke said that was probably the fundamental difference maker in the situation was obviously introducing the flexible working but it was treating people like adults trust that they know what to do and they'll do it and then yeah. you don't have to worry about anything else. So people, you know, work whenever, how, wherever they want and however they want and providing they deliver on, on the agreed targets, happy days. Yeah, and we actually grown.
1: have like, in my company, we have three like cornerstones when it comes to culture and leadership and how you build engagement. And it's, as you said, clear expectations, trust, they are adults uh, and supportive leadership. If you have those three, like, you can succeed with remote work. It doesn't matter where you are. You will have engaged employees. Like, that is, and self-propelled employees, which also means that they will deliver great results if you just have support, leadership, clear expectations, and trust.
0: Absolutely. I think that
1: is, like, that is the cornerstones if yeah. you want to build it.
0: It's it's often been it's often kind of positioned as if you know that the employees can't do the remote work and it's a blocker because we don't trust and things like that and multiple other reasons. I actually think the the main reason behind this whole situation, I wanting to go back to the office, the employees can't. Just, it's not the employees it is the leadership leadership teams it's just they can't relinquish that control that they've got that they, that feeling and i understand that it's very very difficult especially if it's a small business or if it's a family owned business or or private business. it's it's your baby obviously you want to you want to take care of it make sure that things are done yeah. so you want to be in close control of it but it's that i think is the number one reason is that managers or leaders are finding it very very difficult to just to just treat people like adults first of all and second of all trust them that they will do their own job but that trust is it works both ways so it's the leaders that need to go actually you know what we need to do a a lot of work on not micromanaging
1: I I agree with you to some extent really but but also I think it's like when it comes to remote work it's like I would say I, I personally would prefer like a hybrid that is for that is individual-based, because we are talking about individuals. Some people are great at working remotely. They really work much better with it, but we also have uh, quite few that can't handle, maybe, like, they need to, to speak with people, they need to meet, they have better ideas, and and that is some point that actually is proven, that, like, to have workshops and creativity, that parts are much better when you meet in person. So for those occasions, everybody needs to come in. But for those days that doesn't need to have, that you don't need to meet anyone, yeah, please work from home if you as a person deliver better at home. And if you are happier working remotely, or if you just feel more engaged, do that. But I think you need to have like, yeah, once again, expectations and trust and relationships what is best? Like that is between the leaders and the employees. What are the best combination for you as an employee? What makes you? And, and some in some cases as well, it's important to think of the team also. Does the team, like even if you prefer to work from home or remotely, maybe your team is really needing you to be for some creative reason, ID reason need you, even if you don't maybe need it for yourself, but maybe from the team. So a hybrid, I think, is absolutely the best thing. But I also think that it's, yeah, it depends on the individuals. Or what do you think?
0: It has to be a dialogue. I, I fully support what you said. I went on a, on a, on a rant there earlier, but you're absolutely right. Because I've f- first-hand examples of my friends, one of my good friends, massive extrovert, massive extrovert. Yeah. Last year struggled big time having to be at home for so many months because not being able to go and go to the office he was working remotely anyway because he's a he's a web developer uh but the fact that he couldn't do anything outside of the flat because obviously the uk was in 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 absolute lockdown that was really difficult so you're you're 100 right for me it is about the dialogue. It's yeah. many organizations again. I've seen asking their people what What do you want and having that dialogue, and it, it's going great. Others are asking it and actually not doing anything with it, which is possibly yeah. even the even worst thing to do. Have a discussion. What works for individuals? What works for the company? What works for the teams? And just figure out a solution rather than just going. We're going back to the office.
1: Yeah, and I no, think no that's, discussions. Yeah,
0: And again, and I've seen many individuals going, actually, you know what, I'd I'd rather work remotely I'd rather do hybrid. Is it possible? And organisations go, no, everybody's going back. And individuals are going, okay, here's my notice. And they leave. And I'm going,
1: yes! And from, from my point, if you take it from your friend's perspective, I can really think, like a super extrovert person, it could be good for that person to work from home once a week, to don't get the distraction, to get focused, and maybe like, but they need to be able to get the energy from somewhere and I think it, that's combination like we have a few super extrovert and even like but the, before the pandemic we work quite a lot remotely because we are a flexible company and we don't measure time and we don't measure exactly like when you start your working hour and when you quit it doesn't really matter as you said it's about the result but some individuals actually we have said you need to work from home at least two days a week because you can't focus you don't have the capability to focus when you're at the office and they agree. And then you have the conversation around that. So I think it's, it's once again, the dialogue about it. It's,
0: it's definitely a dialogue. It's having, it's figuring out what's, what what works for people. And let, let's face it. We're not going to be able to satisfy everybody on both sides, no. leadership team or company team or individuals. So, but it's about finding, striving to find that rather than just doing things the way we've done it. One of the reasons, yeah. and,
1: no, but I, I I know you wanted me to 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 bring to the podcast some struggles, and one of them are just in this subject. We have grown, if you from around forty five employees until around eight employees during the pandemic, so it's almost hundred percent increase in people. So most, like half of our staff have never worked at the office, have never met their employees or their, their colleagues, I mean. So for me, like the struggle we are now, cause I want to be that flexible company. I want to bring a culture where we have, you can work wherever you want, from wherever you want, or at least like as long as it works from for the company and the team, etc. But like, I want to be that company. I want to grow that company. I want to create like the new way of seeing. I want to, as we talked about before, the structure of the, like, Industrial revolution, we don't need that anymore. But then it comes to the but. We have more than half of the employees that haven't ever met each other, they don't know how they are. Like, I really want them to get to know each other because a part of our culture is to have fun, to support each other, to really build like close relationship, have a lot of both like parties after works, but also friendship relationship, exercise together. Because we think that when you have those like private conversation with your colleagues, then is when magic starts like coming up and you get a lot of great ideas. So the struggle we are in now to just combine these two, you have a goal where you really want to be a flexible, new thinking, entrepreneurial Business and company, but I still want them to get to know each other. So how do you do? Like, and and here, like I'm going and I'm leaning towards. I haven't made my decision yet, to be honest, but I'm leaning towards do just as I said, like the hybrid, and start like we want you to be at the office at least three times a week, if you don't have another agreement with your manager, because we have people that can't handle working any day remotely they need to be at office we have a few people that I would say need to be at office but I have even more people that really don't should be at office because they ask your friend are really extrovert but like they maybe should be at office once or twice a a week but I like I'm struggling with that because I have half of the company that doesn't know the rest of it because they haven't met just working remotely how would you do what do you have like how would you handle this
0: I was actually going to, I was going to ask you that question, how are you doing it? Because I've, I've got a few things that I've been doing with my clients and they have the exact same problem. How do you bridge that gap? Because you have to, in the office, when everybody's there, you leave it to their own devices. You occasionally have some sort of meetups, get, get, get togethers and things like that, but you work, you leave it to happen organically. So people kind of yeah. mix the water cooler moments, the interactions here and there, and that's if you if you've got this situation that you've had, you've hired half of your staff current staff numbers it, during the pandemic and they've never met in real life they don't have they haven't had those water cooler moments to build relationships with other people so actually this is on on the part of the organization it requires a lot more effort to orchestrate these and they they have to happen. And a lot of people don't like it because they feel feel a little bit, you know, structured, and they're not organic. So they feel a bit odd. But there's more and more organizations who specialize that and there's more and more resources to be able to do that, where you do have to create these virtual environments, they're not the same. And trust building is an important element of any team. And what would take you know a couple of months in the real world to build trust of just relationships and being around each other probably takes twice as long in the virtual world because yeah. it's not the same. So you're not alone in that struggle. Yeah. It's in terms of actual initiatives, each to their own. Everything's gonna work differently for other for, for different organizations, depending on what team you got, what industry you're in, and the type of personalities yeah. you have as well all kind of feeds into that. So you're saying that you're thinking of doing hybrid model, which is great, but then in terms of actually trying to bridge that gap in terms of bringing those people in and and building that team, is there anything in particular that you've been doing so far you're planning on doing?
1: Yeah, I want like one of the goals and we are working with goal setting uh, tool or module that calls OKRs. One of like the OKRs is like everybody like should want to go to the office. Like the office should be like an amazing place to be. So you really want to do. Then we have a lot of different things we can do, like after the pandemic to really ensure that they want to come back. But that I think is one key. But during the pandemic, we have done a lot of things. Of course, as you said, like remote afterworks, that works in one way. But I think like, hey, you can, like we learned quite a lot during the way to take if you have an hour after work, don't make it longer than an hour. You don't need it because people will be tired. But do that. But talk, take a part of that to do breakout groups and have a discussion. So what was your nickname when you grew up? Did you did your parents call you anything or your friends? And why did you have that nickname? Or what are your like favorite uh, month of the year? Or like giving some personal and context to that. So we done that. One part that we did. That I'm very proud of actually because we have a lot of conferences we do always do like two conferences a year one in Sweden and one remote or like in in a, like going outside to Europe to do in, in another country we're traveling somewhere of course we couldn't do either this year so we did and we invested quite a lot of money in it too so we hired a real studio and did like and we are un- At that time, we were around 60 employees, so we are not a big company, but we hired. And so we have a lot of staff that just worked with the TV, did really like a great production in videos, did games. We like invested in it. And that is what I want to think is the important thing or the winning in this part. You can't just wing it. If you do something remotely, you need to invest the time and effort to really make it like it great. You need to have a high like level on what, what you want to achieve and also invest the m- money and time and effort to to make it happen. I think that's the most important thing. Then we do a lot of things with leadership. The small things that is maybe the most crucial things, but are the small things that doesn't really like take a lot of money effort but in leadership the micro calls to just as a manager not micromanage but just picking up the phone not writing in in email or slack or text message just picking up the phone and giving a call and say hi how's your day how was your week weekend how's your day going and just as a manager even if it's for many manager it doesn't come natural to be very personal and very fluffy in there like but really give a bit of themselves yeah I have this struggle or my family or my son is doing that at the moment how's it go just to be personal and just also because when you are personal as a manager you get more and you can really see how your employee are feeling I would say that is the key win to be honest even if it's small but to make the manager do that.
0: One definition, I don't know how to call it, actually. One way of d- describing a good leader that I've heard a while back that I really like is that asking somebody how they are doing and actually caring yeah. about the answer.
1: Yeah, caring about the answer is so important. And, like, and no, that's a no-brainer for, for you and me, but for many managers, it's like you need to listen. And also... Uh, Something I have been uh, needing to remind most of my like junior managers because we have grown quite rapidly. So I have a lot of managers that are like first time manager or just new manager at our company. So for for me, when I'm coaching those managers, it's just you need to be quiet. Just be quiet and listen. If you are quiet and just don't try to fill out the silence. If you just are quiet. The answer will probably come. If you ask the question and just are quiet and listen, you will get so much out of it. Uh, and that is something that has really worked, especially remotely.
0: Mm, definitely, definitely. You, you, right on what you said before as well. That you, you, you need that structure. The if you're working remotely, all these engagement events, this team, these team building events, they need to be done properly. Uh, it and it doesn't. That doesn't mean you have to spend loads of money on that. But you has to be done properly. And but there are so many amazing engagement tools at this moment in time, software services that you, you can you can subscribe to get your people involved. And, and there's, there's, you know, 10 to a dozen with, at the moment. And in terms of asking yeah. that question, it's, yes, it, it, again, but that's the work that the leader needs to do they need to kind of sit, ask the question, as you said, and sit back and, and be comfortable with the uncomfortable silence. And sometimes ask the ask the questions, just to drag that person a little bit to encourage them a little bit yeah. to say something and then just be quiet and just see what they said. But that's another yet another thing that I often mention is that managers and leaders don't get trained to be good leaders. They just get promoted because they used to do their job very well. And yeah. they now, and they don't, and often the, the situation that they, they are put into is they don't have time to do that because we, yeah. we get that structure yet yeah, again, uh, elements of structure that is wrong because we get leaders who have a lot of strategic responsibilities that they need to carry out with minimal time for actually being good leaders. And it should be the other way around.
1: Yeah, it should. And it, 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 that is, once again, I think it's like the organization. It's the like CEO, the chief people officer, like HR. It's their responsibility to ensure that the manager has potential to be leaders. They are not just managers. They need to be leaders and they need to help people forward. And I think it's, it's so crucial, especially in the times and the years we have behind us to really have, have great leaders on board because if you don't like people will leave and I'm like I'm so lucky that like we have had one resignation during the pandemic and i like I'm really I know like it's it will happen I know like resignation will come but I'm so like happy for the leaders because they have done an amazing job in just keeping people engaged and satisfied uh, and it also means like no, and to to another defense on another side. We are working towards healthcare. So we are really making an impact on the pandemic. So that also bring brings engagement. And we are mas- measuring our engagement in a tool called winning temp. And they are like so we have actually more higher engagement during the pandemic than we had before. So I'm, I'm very happy about that. But we are of course helping the healthcare to be better. So it's might, might be easy in
0: this time. that is a very interesting thing that you said uh, because then that probably brings in purpose that people are motivated by the yeah. fact that you are working towards uh, and with healthcare organizations or within that industry and people do recognize the importance of that and i, I think there is a, yeah. a massive element to to that of being powered by purpose basically of what they do yeah. that's 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 fascinating Okay, you know what? We've we've gone on a f- on a fantastic sort of semi rant semi discussion, <laughs> which I really enjoy. We we did have in mind a couple of other things to talk about. Yeah. I'm pretty pretty certain we won't be able to do everything, but we'll we'll see. But the one thing that I really wanted to talk to you about is because I often uh, say, and uh, actually I believe that organisations should put people before numbers. And by by that I mean yeah. it should the organisation should be focused on. Looking after their people, creating the right environment for their people, instead of just focusing on sales targets. And I mean that sincerely. And I believe that's the right thing to do. And I always clarify the the element that that it's not that sales are bad. You need to focus on sales because without sales and money coming into the, the organization, you don't have an organization in the first place. So you have to yeah make sure that you do that. It's just a question of what is your I don't know main motivation. Because if money and the sales is motivation, you will treat your people differently. Very often, as disposable kind of objects, if, if for lack of a better word.
1: But from yeah. Uh, from my perspective on that, like you can't have, like you cannot have sales numbers if even if you don't focus so much on your employee, but you won't have great sales numbers if you don't focus. So like it, that is the creation, I think. And that is actually one of the reasons why I started to work at Visiba Care because it's like have an amazing CEO that really just don't, like when you're working in HR, you meet a lot of CEOs that says like, Yeah, we care about the employees, but they don't really do anything about it. When I got, when I were on my first interview, we were 15 people. That was more than three years ago. So 15 employees and this CEO wanted to ensure that we never lacked focus of the employees. So he wanted to hire someone that was dedicated to really work with this. Cause, and this is where I so agree with him like, the equation is if you have engaged employees, if you focus on your employees, if you have a great culture engagement, you will have great sales numbers. Like, you can't be a successful company if you don't focus on your employees. So, why should you focus on the sales targets first? Yeah, you can, but it's just like you should do it the other way around because if you have the people in focus first, then you will have great sales numbers it's just what you prefer that that is my like honest opinion i will tell out story like the the thing into my grave like it's it's just that's the truth is my what i highly highest believe in that equation
0: i couldn't agree with you more it's you 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 can bring in sales without focusing on your people you will function but then you'll have High staff turnover, have high sick leave, and all exactly, exactly, high costs, whatever, whatever costs means. Doing it the other way around, yes, you'll probably have equally high costs because you have to invest in your people, in engagement, in retreats, or all sorts of things, or most of all, developing your people so they continue to grow, creating that environment where they up- can upskill themselves, paying them the right money for that. But then the upside to that is, as you said, Rightly, the sales are going to go up and there are countless countless examples of this being the case it's 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 baffling that organizations still go oh no 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 we, we can't do that because xyz it doesn't work that way and and if i hear when i when i hear answers like that i'm just devastated i'm going we, we still have work to do and I'm, I'm not sure whether we're going to be able to undo all of that in our lifetimes but hopefully for for our kids and grandkids we're creating a better world but this is precisely that reason i wanted to to talk to you is what it is from your point of view from a hr from or uh, as a chief people officer and your team how do you drive that people first attitude that creating the right culture and that engagement for that equation to basically add up to revenue so let's let's mm-hmm. break it down. What is yeah. it that you kind of the initiatives that, that you do you do you focus on? Or maybe what you what is it that you don't do that works?
1: I, I I have a few key things that I want to go through. And like you need to have a CEO that drives it. Like I'm doing a lot of the work and the strategic around it, but you have to have a CEO that will stand and really believe it and and go for and be an ambassador for what you think so that is one part. you need to have someone in like the people organization that are in the like management team like in the upper highest of like when it comes if you on the same level as the cfo uh, as a like cco cp like every like you need to have one someone that have that perspective because it's as you said as is more important than to have the sales perspective. So why shouldn't it be in the management team? So now I think when it comes like the last five to 10 years, we have stopped seeing a great big change in this, but it was just a few years ago where it wasn't like obvious that that person should be in the management team. And so, or like in the like, leader board or whatever name you take it. So that is one like key factor. But like most do that. So here you have the third part that I would say is maybe one of the most m- most crucial things. All companies or most companies, because we have talked about clear expectations, most companies have objectives. What is our long-term target? They have ambitions, like big ambitions, or what are like the leading star? What company should we bring? It can be around a lot, yeah it could mostly like we're going to help X, uh, Y set customers doing this and that uh but in this and what we, as we do i have is like one of our absolutely long-term ambition we have three one is around customers one is whatever it doesn't matter but the thing is is one of them is that we should have the world's most engaged team so one of the long-term goals should be dedicated to the organization to the teammates because that is so important and that sets a signal to everything that we do the employee that's working towards the customers are equal importance at the customers just to have that clear and you need to have that you can't just have sales targets on your long-term ambitions because you always, every day, are working towards that goal. Every employee wants to see that they are working moving towards the right direction. So if you don't have that and they don't have, like, I'm going to be a great colleague and I'm going to help my teammates and my friends to be the best they can be, then, like, you need to have that reminder. So that is a statement from the company to set that as a long-term goal. We're going to have the world's most engaged team or however you want to 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 type it. So that I would really want to say and how we are working on it is we are work, as I said, with OKRs. So in every like OKR cycle, every team are setting, what are we going to do this quarter to ensure that we are the best team we can be? And how can we do and can we set the target to ensure that other teams can get and or, or get the support they need or get to be like, what can we do in a company level to ensure that we are a great Team, so we can be an amazing place to work and have an amazing place to work. So so that goes like, it's the, it needs to be set on a strategic level but you need to break it down so every employee also feels that they have a responsibility as well as the managers. So that I will say is a structural level on it. And to give like, I think to, to break it down like one more that also is important is to build a culture when I started at Visiba we were around yeah, a bit less than 20 employees and people around there like we knew we had a great culture it was fun to go to work we loved it we looked forward on the su- Sunday evening we really looked forward to the Monday morning to go back to work to go to the office and we had when we had visitors to our office, they were saying, "Yeah, it's something about the culture. It's something in like you can't really touch it, but it's something that is great." So when you grow, and we knew because we wanted to be an amazing place to work, a great successful company, we already knew that, and we knew we we're gonna grow, grow and recruit a lot of people. So new people would come in, but also when you grow, the dynamic change. So we went and went in so early to say, what are our culture? What what is it that we do that makes this a great place to work? So what I did was we had a, a lot of workshop where every employee here is so important. Everyone needs to be involved. What are we doing that is so great? And is there something that we should do more of? So what we did with that, that we created our values and our values is nothing that is just put on a paper or at, at the wall. It's something that we are living. So when it comes to giving feedback, we give feedback according to our values. When it's like everything, like we when we're giving praise and when we are like celebrating things. And this is something like from as you, I think, yeah, we mentioned it a bit, like, in the beginning, when you want to get something, like, you need to push it through, it's a bit awkward, and you need to just do that, to ensure that it gets in, so now, I know, like, I'm an absolutely highly ambassador of our values, but I'm not driving it, the employees are driving it, we are, like, it's just happening, that our values are there, so it's, like, on our like in, that, in the recruitment process, in the onboarding, like even in the salary review, are we living the values? Because that is so important to, to just ensure that we are a great team. Yeah. So I would say like it's strategic level, but also to really ensure that you have like the foundation to work with it. That I would say. Was that the answer to your question?
0: It was a, a very long-winded, essay-like answer which I absolutely loved there's see there's one thing um, that is missing from podcasts and uh, people listening to you only listen to they can't see I've got the benefit of seeing you now (laughs) and just to bring you a little bit closer to the listeners throughout her little rant Ellen has just been so animated her body language is all over the place hands kind of everywhere you, you you could sense that passion probably in her voice uh as well but it's just looking at it it's just that one element that as said, is missing from podcasting and i i can i can see how much you believe in that believe in what you're saying and i'm on board with you on on all of that there's so many things that we could get into there's one fundamental thing because the i've seen this with clients with organizations i have, have been on the receiving end as an employee of values and mission and they're all being nice and mm. great but they're posters on the wall nothing else and it was so mm. depressing and if you've got people who who do need values who you know like the ones that you suggested that mentioned that work for you for visible is that you will lose them if you don't give them that those values that purpose that mission or whatever it is that you want to call it so they can be fully engaged you'll lose them because whether they realize mm. that or not that's what powers them and that's what they need so that's that's one thing the other thing is you mentioned at the very very start and I think it's 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 crucial to all of this but I'd I'd, ask, I'd like to ask you about what you would do what would you suggest if you don't have that and that's that CEO backing that you've mentioned that is so fundamental that if you don't have that from your C mm. either CEO or your C-suite level uh, people what would what, what you do you can be doing everything best in the world you will have to have some very very difficult conversations because at very best you will be in a situation where at least they're willing to listen to be convinced they might not believe that yeah. but if you prove it to them they'll be good how do you tackle that? Because I'm pretty certain that's yeah. the number one question that people will be asking that you're in a great situation. Your CEO hired you with that in mind. Fantastic. Most organiza- most organizations, more pe- most people in your positions or other mm. similar positions who want to have that change don't have that backing. What would you say um, they do?
1: I, I'm just, I get to, to start with, I feel for them. I've been there myself in previous roles. I'm very carefully picking out the organizations I'm, I'm working in. But sometimes even if you have picked a manager or pick someone that you have a great, like believe in and like management can change. So you can absolutely, and I can be put in that situation. I really hope not, but absolutely. And I think you need to, and I think we have a lot of like statistics and research that coming up on this subject, but you need to be very clear on the numbers of like to do like pro- or to just try to break it down to ensure like if we do this investment i think or what what this believes or what we can do with this is is x y and z you need to break it down and make it i know that like people question is fluffy and it's hard to but it's not that hard to break down it to numbers you can do it and like it's a great lot of help out there to just try to to just get like the key numbers and like key equations on what things costs. That is not like, you can't, you can do it, but I think like it's, you also need to invest that time to, to speak the same language as the person you want trying to sell your ideas to. And I know like I have never ever like had to argue for 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 a lot of things like if i have an idea i have the trust to run and do it and i'm super grateful for that but i haven't always had that and then you need to really break it down and try to understand what the other person is coming from and also trying to be see the like the solution of it uh, and be a part of the solution but i feel for everyone it's a great struggle it's so frustrating to don't get your points through but one step at a time and try to figure out how the other person are thinking and once again that we talked about earlier listen listen and if you listen to them they will listen to you most likely and if they don't listen then you said I have listened to you for 10 minutes now I demand that you listen to me and if you don't get that respect then you have another problem
0: I'd I'd really love to spend probably several more hours talking about this and trying to get to the bottom of how how to tackle this problem to provide yeah. my listeners with an answer to 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 do this a magic wand or a, a sledgehammer whichever you prefer to oh, to solve this yeah. problem I, I genuinely suggest that people uh, if if you don't mind if people get in touch with you directly in a of virtual oh. to, to pick your brains because I think that would be far more beneficial than me trying to unpick everything that's been uh, going on. There are a lot of resources and and I a couple come to mind. There's been Anna Engman who I had on the podcast as well. She told about she talked about a number of interesting tactics that can be used, and she's based in, um, in Sweden as well in Stockholm. There's been Shona Stewart that I've had on, and she had a very very similar situation where she was facing, if I remember correctly, kind of the revenue based model of trying to prove it to senior management of how to how to take that how to tackle that situation. Mm. But that's but going beyond the podcast. There's there's many more many more that that people can, can listen to I've actually got and this ta- talks about trust mm, I'm in the process of reading it because I've, I'm interviewing Henry Stewart in a couple of weeks time and really? he's from Happy yeah, Happy, Happy yeah. Manifesto it's a fascinating book and he got me in the introduction you know the first few sentences I'm sold and he does talk about that trust element that you need to get rid of control and pre-approve certain things and just let people do their thing mm, and I'm pretty certain because Luke Kite again to mention Luke he he mentioned Henry to me and he introduced the book to me and I know that he must have been inspired with that because the way he's been he's done uh, the work with Redico it just proves that it bloody works if you do let people be adults and just treat them that way. Oh. So it's an ama- it's an amazing I'm really really looking forward to to, to talking with Henry and I think there's going to be an amazing things coming out of it. Um one thing that we didn't do because we launched straight into our our conversation and our rant is I actually didn't get to ask my usual first questions for all my guests. So rather than asking it at the start, this time I'll ask it at the end. When okay. you when you were little, what did you want yeah. to be? When you grew up,
1: oh, I wanted to to drive the the ice cream truck. I don't know if you if you have that, but in Sweden we have have it going around once a week uh, selling ice cream. Uh, that was like if you are if like below ten years old, that was my goal to just sit in that truck and drive and sell ice cream to kids. Uh, now, now I know I I, I should never drive. Uh, a truck I would be too lonely and I'm not that great of a driver either so no it's not a great idea but that was my dream job absolutely
0: that is amazing see and normally I am able to draw some connections and parallels between what people (laughs) wanted to be when they were little to what they to what they do now the only thing I can draw here I have to say is and tell me if i'm wrong is because for me ice selling ice cream is making people happy because that's something that people yeah, do really like so I, th- I think that happening. that kind of element of looking after people and spreading joy through ice cream is the only connection that i control with what you do as, as a, chief, yeah. a chief people officer does that fit
1: that is a great yeah it it's great yeah yeah <laughs> I, I didn't even think about that connection but it, it's almost the same thing i do today but just i'm i'm, I'm doing it I'm giving out a d- a different things, but uh, its goal is to get the same joy as the ice cream truck.
0: Well, fantastic! I'm gl- I'm glad that we that you arrived at this point. It's been absolute joy uh, having a chat with you. Thank you very much for for joining me. Thank you very much for uh, sharing your thoughts, but also Thank being so a great much. ranting partner. It's been absolutely uh, absolutely fabulous.
1: Thank you so much. I'm so happy to to be speaking to you. It's uh, as you said, it's super engaging to just dig down and dig deep into this kind of questions. thank you so much
0: it's me again just one more thing before you take off head over to human.pm forward slash we got this that's all one word where you can find this and previous episodes show notes suggest a guest or topic ask a question or join the community of other listeners until next time